The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Back in and ready for another weekend of Fistic Fury. It is the latest Big Fight Weekend preview podcast. Hope you are doing well. Still trying to recover from what we saw with Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua last Saturday night at Madison Square Garden. Huge fight coming on Saturday night in the same locale as Gennady Golovkin is back in the ring, the former undisputed middleweight champion, now fighting at the next step above at super middleweight. Uh, He will be fighting a Canadian and looking to get himself right back in prime position to fight Canelo Alvarez perhaps as soon as this fall. So we're going to talk to him about that, the other action that's going on, and much more here on the podcast. Straight ahead, Sergio Mora, the Latin snake, back on the podcast. He was on the call with Brian Kenny and Chris Mannix on DAZN last Saturday night of that Ruiz dramatic seventh-round TKO upset of Anthony Joshua. Want to put it to him about just exactly how did this happen. In terms of a rematch, if you're Ruiz, are you just eager, anxious to take the money and go fight over in the U.K. uh, this winter, November, December, when they hold the rematch? Or would you stand firm to have it at least in North America, if not Mexico? So I'll talk to Sergio Moore about that, and then he's obviously been meeting with the fighters, uh, Golovkin and Rolls, uh, for this upcoming bout uh, in the garden on Saturday, right back in the garden on zone. So Sergio Mora with us in a bit. Later on, Marquise Johns, BigFightWeekend.com, the lead writer, the overseer of that site. Get his thoughts still with the aftermath of Ruiz and Joshua. Also look ahead to Golovkin's uh, latest fight, latest chapter. Uh, as he uh, comes back to the Garden where he's fought several times here to fight this unbeaten Canadian. Both of these guys in their 30s, too, in their mid to upper 30s. Uh, So we'll talk more uh, about that with Marquise Johns in a little bit here on the Big Fight Weekend uh, podcast. And he also is very anxious to see the top rank show on ESPN on Saturday. And we've got some historical pieces that are rolling out on BigFightWeekend.com, including taking a look on Thursday night, as I did, at Thomas Hearns. You talk about upsets, one punch turned the whole fight and knocked him out again after Marvin Hagler had knocked him out in 1985. I ran Barkley, knocked him out in 1988. Uh, uh, Barkley uh, ends up being the only guy to beat Thomas Hearns twice in his professional career uh, later on uh, with another win in 1992. But the first one that happened in 98 happened 31 years ago this week. So we write about those things on BigFightWeekend.com. But the the uh, uh, Mickey Ward, Arturo Gotti, uh, battles, the, the, the bloody, brutal fights that they have. The last one of those uh, took place uh, 10 years ago this week. Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson in 2000, 19 years ago this week, and 41 years ago, Larry Holmes, Ken Norton, epic 15th round for the heavyweight championship. So we write about all of those on BigFightWeekend.com. Love the history of boxing, love talking about it here So anyway, Marquise will be with me, and we'll kind of go over those fights a little bit later on. Real quick, a sponsor, Father's Day coming up. 
So dads, uh, if you're seeking a gift that's different than the tie, that's different than cologne, uh, let me put this out there. My friends at confectionistbakeryatl.com in Atlanta. Confectionist Bakery does a great job baking cakes, and they have got a great deal going on right now for Father's Day where you can save 15% on their cakes. All kinds of different flavors, different types, uh, from pound cakes uh, to pies, uh, fantastic custom-made cakes, Confectionist Bakery. You can go on social media and find them, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Confect Bakery, C-O-N-F-E-C-T, Confect Bakery. Website, again, Confectionist Bakery ATL promo code for Father's Day. Get Dad that cake. You've got about a week to act. Get Dad that cake. And that promo code is DAD19. Very simple to remember. 15% off your order, including the shipping cost. 15% off your order anywhere in the continental U.S. Ship those cakes. Not a tie this year. Not socks. Not cologne. Not just a gift card to a restaurant. Get Dad a cake. ConfectionistBakeryATL.com. Promo code DAD19. Let's get to the interviews. Let's get to the, the one final recap of uh, Ruiz and Joshua, at least for this week, until we look ahead to when they fight again. And also previewing Golovkin and Rolls this weekend at Madison Square Garden Super Middleweight Fight. All of that as we continue on Big Fight Weekend. Been looking forward to this ever since he was on the call last Saturday night of one of the more amazing upsets, at least in the 2000s, and really in the history of the heavyweight division, watching Andy Ruiz stop Anthony Joshua, derail the unbeaten uh, unified heavyweight champion last Saturday night in Madison Square Garden, as as Ruiz did with a seventh-round TKO. Sergio Mora back on the Big Fight Weekend podcast here uh, with me as we get ready for, hey, we're right back at it. Madison Square Garden again. Triple G and Steve Rolls, the Canadian, are going to be fighting Saturday. More on that in a moment. The Latin Snake, though, is here. He was on the call with Brian Kenny and Chris Mannix last Saturday night. First question, a fun one. It's been five or six days later. I still am contemplating, did I really see that and watch that? You were you were ringside. Are you still in the mode right now of asking yourself, did I really see that? Did that really happen, Ruiz over Joshua? How are you? No, I, re- I really am, and I'm forced to ha- have to digest it now because i got to move on to Golovkin. But I, I was at a-, a golf tournament with Oscar De La Hoya, and people were asking me the same question. And th- I could see the excitement in their, in their face and their eyes, and-, and I could hear it in their voice. And it's not registering how big of a moment it really was until until afterwards. Like the last two days, I, I would say, like the flight over here, I'm like, damn, I just told history. I was a part of history. I mean, we got we got Mexican, Mexican-American heavyweight, whatever you want to say, if you want to be politically correct. But, yeah, I mean, it was just it was just really just a, a moment that I'll cherish forever. And the older I get looking back in retrospect, that's when I think it really hit me like, wow. Well, and it's hitting everybody like, wow, and it will be for a long time. And it's just the constant reminder that boxing is different. One punch can change everything. I I know uh, you've preached that. Many fighters have preached that. Uh, uh, Great uh, people involved with the sport have preached that for decades. And this thing, 
I think the most surprising thing at this obvious point is that when Ruiz got knocked down, most everybody thought that's it, that's going to be the end. Were you? I'll, I'll put it to you. Were you thinking that in the third round once he went down? Here we go. This is it. This is the end. Look, naturally, yes, you got to think that, especially when you see the size disparity and and the, the just how muscular uh, Joshua looks in person and just looking at their stature. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, that's exactly what I thought, and everyone, 20,000 people at, at yep. MGM thought the same thing. Now, uh, when I looked at it, of course, I don't have the luxury of doing this, but when I looked at it uh, on television for the first time, I would have seen different. I, the look on Reese's face was a, a look of determination. His eyes were clear. He, he was ready to go, and then he was waiting for the right time to punch again. It wasn't like he went on the defensive. He wasn't hurt. I see no shakiness in him. It was the total opposite when Joshua went down. There was absolutely no confidence when he got up. There was no body language that told me that he wanted to continue finish uh, to, to, to fight. And that was the difference between the two. One was ready to get knocked down and the other wasn't. And that's the reason we have a new heavyweight champion. Well put. And boy, did he put it on him. And, and the thing that made it more remarkable to me is that Joshua had time to recover and get his legs back under him. Fourth round, fifth round. You kept waiting. Is he going to land the big bomb right hand or that left hook again? And it never came. I mean, we're a few days later. Why? Why do we think that he could not regroup when he survived that third round and eventually got himself stopped, knocked out? Uh, that's a that's that's a good question. And, and if I can only give you my opinion, because I don't know, no one can right. answer that except Anthony Joshua. Uh, the temperament of a man, forget a fighter, the temperament of a man comes out when he's in desperate times, uh, it, when, when things are going rough for him. And we saw that for the first time with a stud like Anthony Joshua. You know, he's, 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 he's unbeaten, unblemished, heavyweight champion of the world, gold medalist. We've never seen him hurt. This guy's like the Adonis in real life. So when we saw that, we start picking him apart. We start criticizing him. We start questioning him. But we still don't know why. I mean, there was, there's rumors that he got knocked out or knocked down in sparring leading to the fight and he was concussed. If that's the case, well, guess what? That's exactly what happened to Mike Tyson before Buster Douglas. He was knocked down by his sparring partner. That eats away at your confidence going into a big fight no matter what. My opinion is that he, the change of opponents and every fighter at a high level has gone through this. When they switch an opponent, I don't care if you have four or five weeks, before the fight, just like Joshua had, it throws you out out of balance. The whole mm. sequence, the whole focus, the whole hunger, it, your mental motivation goes out the window. You're, you're you're looking forward to fighting this this New York big mouth who's talking a bunch of shit at you, and and you want to and he's undefeated, so you want to take that zero. So you're you're up for that fight. You want to you want to come and fight in the states for the first time against an American and whoop his ass. That's that's what Anthony Joshua was dreaming of. Erase that. Now they throw this chubby Mexican. Now you got to fight this guy. <laughs> this guy looks like my, my uncle. This guy looks like my uncle. Now you got to fight this guy. It just doesn't register to, to a winner, to a champion, to a stud, to, to, to an undefeated champion that has a world in his hand. That doesn't register, man. It, it, and, and I've been there. Every, every fighter at a high level has been there. It's a, mental, it's a mental thing. It has nothing to do with physical. So add that and the things that co- could have been wrong in this camp, and you have an upset. 
Yeah, boy, did we get one. I promise we'll get to Triple G and Steve Rolls. That's the main event on DAZN. Brian Kenny and Sergio Mora, the Latin Snake, are going to be on the call again at Madison Square Garden seven days later uh, for this fight Saturday night. And again, uh, DAZN will have the coverage. They've got the $99 annual pass deal still going on uh, right now at DAZN, by the way, to get signed up uh, for this for Saturday. So I promise I'll get to that fight. But one more here. So the rematch clause has been kicked in. That was not unexpected. We, we understood that was likely going to happen to me i don't have the contract in front of me i'm not a lawyer i can't believe the contract sergio and you've been through these and you've seen them and you've signed them i can't believe the contract would specify that the rematch has to be in britain in england if i'm andy ruiz i stand up on the table i want the fight in california i want the fight in mexico city i don't want the fight in the uk What's your thought on that? Doesn't he have a little bit of leverage now, some leverage now to say, I don't want to go fight at Wembley Stadium in a road game against 80,000 of Anthony Joshua's fans. What do you think of all that? I was stuck in a similar situation with the immediate rematch when I won the title off of Vernon Forrest. Uh, it was either relinquish the belt and, and, and fight him or fight the number one mandatory, which was this little unknown named Sergio Martinez back then. Mm. And I took the immediate immediate rematch just to keep the belt and and keep contractually obligated. And I wasn't ready for that fight, but yeah, he can be stuck. Andy Reid can be in a similar situation. Now, if our Anthony Joshua, uh, of course, we have to question his chin. Now we have to question a lot of things. But I I would still do the immediate rematch, and I'll tell you why. You're catching Andy Reid off guard. He's on the celebration tour. He's he's eating. He's drinking beer. He's celebrating. <laughs> he's going on talk shows. He's flying. I'm just telling you because this is what happened to me. They caught me with my pants down. They did it to Roberto Duran. They did it to a lot of fight, great fighters. Turn it around and whoop his ass. I mean that's that's what you got to do. But it's going to be hard to do when when you got chin check just like Joshua. Yeah. Did. So with that so with that said, I think uh, uh, Reid will play ball across the pond for the money. Because right now he's in the driver's seat, and right now all he wants to do is cash in on this on on this opportunity that he just got on his plate. So money talks. The zone has the money. Eddie Hearn has the money. Anthony Joshua can provide it. Put it at Wembley Stadium. Put it in UK, and 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 do that. It's gonna be it's gonna be about money. Andy Reid is about money now. He wants to cash in on the twenty years of hard work that he's been through as a boxer. Yep. Well, all right. So, we'll, and I love that point. And this is why we have Sergio Mora, the Latin Snake, here as part of the inside on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Uh, we'll see. And that's supposed to be November, December. It'll be announced, I'm sure, soon enough. Date, place, wherever. Could you imagine? Just uh, for five seconds, Mexico City, like at Azteca Stadium with a hundred thousand people. Could you imagine if that's the locale? But uh, uh, more than likely, won't happen. That'd be amazing. Well, more than likely won't happen. Hey, we know- listen, I, I, that would be amazing. I was hearing rumors about Anthony Joshua defending the title in Africa, doing like a rumble in the jungle. Type right. That right there would be amazing. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity, and the zone is global. You never know. You never know. Don't rule it out. We'll see what they decide. We do know Triple G back in the ring on zone. Steve Rolls, Canadian undefeated super middleweight fight. All right, we've learned our lesson. You never say never after what we saw just last Saturday night. So I put it to you as the analyst. Put the analyst hat on. If Rolls can beat Golovkin, give me a reason or two, tactically or otherwise, how and why he can do this Saturday night. If Golovkin turns old overnight, that's one big one. Because I just, I there's too many 
cards stacked against Steve Rose. I mean, he's an undefeated uh, a fighter. Uh, he's beaten some decent competition, nothing on the scale of, of a Golovkin or even a Golovkin opponent. So this is going to be a lot different than Andy Andy Ruiz and, uh, and uh, Anthony Joshua because Ruiz already fought for a world title, came up short with uh, Joseph Parker in, a, in, in Parker's hometown. So this, this is totally different. Um, I expect Golovkin with his new trainer to, to, to kind of want to blend in the chemistry. He wants to, he wants to box more. He told us in the fighter meetings, he wants, he, he, he wants to actually uh, uh, implement the things he's been learning with uh, Jonathan Banks. And that could always be tricky. It always takes a couple of fights to get the chemistry with a trainer like that. Like Chris Algieri and, and Andre uh, uh, Rozier is a good example. You know, two, three fights in finally Algieri looked, Algieri looked sensational in his last fight, but he looks up part of the last two. So this might be, this might be, something that can happen with Golovkin, too. And if that's the case, well, there you go. Rose has an opportunity to, to catch Golovkin in transition with trainers, catch him off guard, make him look bad, and maybe he can turn old overnight. He is 37 years old. And when we, when we reminded uh, Golovkin of that this this uh, just an hour ago at the fighter meeting, he goes, come on, guys, guys, come on. Don't bring up my age again. And he has a joke. You know, so, <laughs> so it was a touchy subject for him, too. So, yeah, man, I mean, we all go through there, aging oh. fighters. Hey, we're all we're all getting old. I'm old. I'm older than you. And and by the way, Rolls is not exactly Daisy Fresh. He's 35, so it's not exactly like he's a 25 or 23 year old that's fighting in this fight. So uh, Golovkin, we suspect, will win and win convincingly. And we all know that the goal here is a third fight with Canelo Alvarez. Speculate with me. I know you're part of the zone. Do you believe that fight can happen next? Do we do we think that fight could happen this fall, like November, October, November? That we, if especially if Golovkin were to win easily, no stress, that we're going to see a third Triple G Canelo at some point late this year, early next year. Yes, I think it happens this year, and I think if they want it to be a, a, a massive success, it has to be September because September, May and September are the big uh, Mexican holidays, uh, and, and and they celebrate in 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 Vegas. It's a big deal. So if they want that, and every fight that they fought, the first two fights were at the T-Mobile Arena, and it was uh, in September, Mexican Independence Day. So I believe they would want it to be September, ideally. And that's why I think they got a guy like Steve Rose there, because Steve Rose, he's not he, he's not a puncher. He's not dangerous. I mean, yeah, what we saw last week, anybody could shock you. But in, in, in the long list of opponents, Steve Rose fits the bill. He's undefeated. He's confident. He's ready. And he and judging by the numbers, he doesn't pose a big threat. So this can be the right opportunity for Golovkin to get a sensational-type knockout, uh, come out of it unscathed and, and unblemished and unhurt, and roll into a September for the trilogy and the mega fight in in uh, well, in Las Vegas, I would say. But Golovkin says he'll never fight there again. So maybe MSG. Could be MSG, could be somewhere else. We do know this. He's fighting Steve Rolls. It's on DAZN. It's Saturday night, Madison Square Garden. They're on the air at 7 Eastern time. Adjust your time zone accordingly. And again, the $99 annual pass is still being offered right now by DAZN. Sign up for that. Uh, and again, you'll hear Brian Kenny and this guy, the Latin Snake, Sergio Mora, Chris Mannix on the call. Listen, a treat for me to get to talk to you again. I know it was kind of short notice. You did not hesitate. Thank you, Sergio Mora. We look forward to Triple G and everything that's coming after that uh, as well on DAZN. Thank you for the time here, sir. You got it. Anytime. Yes. Had a blast there talking with the Latin Snake, Sergio Mora. We continue along on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. 
Here he is. He's back. The lead writer, the guy that runs the site, BigFightWeekend.com. Hello, Marquise Johns. Good to have you back on board. Hey, TJ. Thanks for having me on, as always. Same question that I began the interview with the snake. And we we talked Sunday morning after the upset. It is now uh, five days later at the time we're taping heading to the weekend. Has it still sunk in that Andy Ruiz knocked out Anthony Joshua and took his belts? What about for you? No, not at all. And I love it this week because the, the immediate rematch was been, was mentioned earlier by Eddie Hearn, so they're making the fight as soon as possible. Uh, but until then, we get to hear the speculation and the theories and the reason why Joshua lost. Was he not feeling well? Was it Drake? The, the myriad of, of excuses <laughs> and reasons always crack me up. And it's like, at the end of the day, he lost in the seventh round to I, I, what was it, at Joshua's even on defense was his night. So we get to, until the next fight shows up and wherever it's going to be located at, we get to hear the, the theories and the conspiracy folks. I love well, it. and Sergio Moro was saying to us that one of the rumors is that a sparring partner had knocked him down and had, had maybe shaken him up and shaken his confidence. So we got all kinds of things floating around. But still, Ruiz had to go throw the punches. And the one thing that I don't know that we talked about enough on that quick recap podcast we did last Sunday morning that you and I and David Payne were on, uh, we were all delirious from lack of sleep, etc., I think one of the more surprising things when you go back and analyze it and watch the fight again is that Joshua had time to regroup and get his legs back under him and get his punch back in the fourth round, the fifth round, the sixth round. That never happened, obviously. And then he gets stopped in the seventh round. Why? What's your theory as to why he could not regroup like a lot of great fighters probably would have and have always done? Why? Why do you think that is? My theory, TJ, is that he pro- pro- was probably going for the kill shot again like he did in the third one where he got to Louise and knocked him out the first time. However, Louise was able to get inside on him. And once that happened, at, once that second knockdown happened in the third round, I don't think he was the same fighter because he went back to the fourth and fifth round to, fighting at a distance. That, that's what he did in the first two rounds, poking away at him, making sure Louise does not get anywhere near this man. And once Louise got inside, that was it. And I just don't think he followed through with his game plan execution. And I thought Sergio Mora put it great when I've watched the replay now a couple different times. He said when Joshua went down again in the seventh round, he's like Brian to Brian Kenny. Brian, he looks gassed like he is just done uh, there in the ring. It was just surprising to watch. And I I thought uh, Sergio's answer again, I want your reaction to it on the the rematch being in Britain, if not Wembley Stadium for the 80,000 or 85,000 or how many ever they'll cram in there for the rematch. Sergio basically said, if you're Ruiz, you got to go take the payday. You're going you're gonna to get a humongous payday above the $7 million you got. you got to go take that payday and fight there. What's your reaction to Sergio's analysis on that? I think, personally, it's going to be ending up in Britain, but everyone's been saying, you know, conspiracy theory-wise, and you, you, they, they've had uh, Louise saying random things during the week during the media tour, you know, celebrating his victory, that he wants $50 million. Uh, he's eating Snickers on Camo. <laughs> don't, don't we all want I know, $50 we all, million. I mean, seriously. He can, but look, on. he can realistically get $20 million in the rematch, and he might get $30 million in the rematch, uh, depending yeah. on, uh, you know, what it says in the contract and what he agreed to and... And the fact that he knocked him out, he could easily triple or quadruple his money, right? I do believe he may get that part of it more than anything else. The location site is the one that that everyone's conspiracy fearing about and trying to figure out, is he going to fight in Mexico? Is he going to fight in Britain? Keep in mind, it's Eddie Hearn, and it's not like Eddie Hearn is like this one-dimensional uh, promoter who's like, well, you must fight in Britain. He has fighters all over the world, and they've had fights in Britain, Mexico as well. So more than likely, they're going to go where the biggest venue is and the biggest draw is. If it, let it be with Joshua, hopefully back in his hometown, in, at hopefully at Wembley, or somewhere in Mexico City where they have, as you know, TJ, 100,000-seat arenas. Oh, I know. So 
That, so Azte- even- that Azteca Stadium seats 100,000. And remember, uh, we wrote last fall that Julio Cesar Chavez still holds the outdoor attendance record. It's never been broken from the early 90s. 100 and what, 3,000, I think it was, for that fight in the early 90s with Greg Hoggins. So yes. you could have it there. Let's see where they end up having it. But um, looks like November, December, they'll announce the dates and the specifics on that uh, coming up. Um, all right, so that uh, that leads us to Golovkin and Rolls. Uh, the fight that we were also talking to Sergio Moro about. He'll be on the call with Brian Kenny. It's on to zone. Again, it's a non-title, 12-round, super middleweight title fight. Not a title fight, non-title fight. And uh, so what about this? Golovkin at 37 has been off for a while. Uh, as I joked with Sergio, Rolls is 35 years old. I mean, it's not like either one of these guys are rookies here in this fight. What do you make of it, Marquise? Two spring chickens, as they say, TJ. I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight just to see what Golovkin looks like. I, like everybody else in the boxing community, had to do a deep dive in a book report to find out what Rolls was fighting and who was he, first of all. more <laughs> It was interesting because I, it, it, the big deal is that he's undefeated. And they mentioned during his media call on during the week that with Lou DeBella mentioned promoting the fight that Steve Rolls is in competition with every other super middleweight in the top tier for a fight with him at some point or another. But mentioned that it couldn't happen between fight reasons or they pulled out or for one reason or another. Which to me is interesting only because at the end of the day, we still never heard of Steve Rolls. Right. So if, if, if this guy is that big of a deal in Toronto and the folks who in Canada who have heard of him, there's not as many as you'd think it would be, say he's actually he's, he's some form of competition for Golovkin. We'll, we'll see how it happens. As you know, TJ, we can't we can't rule him out thanks to Louise now because yep. of the upset. So not not to use the cliche of shock the world or anything is possible, but as you know, anything is possible. So Especially, we'll see what happens on Saturday. But, I mean, now. he's not supposed to be a big puncher, but if you can land the one big punch, you can turn things uh, around, and we'll see if, if that's the case. I love what Sergio said kind of half-playfully here that not only – not, and not only has Rolls not fought anybody of the caliber that Golovkin has fought, he hasn't fought the guys that fought the guys that Golovkin has fought. <laughs> so you really have to search far and wide to see is there any quality competition in his 19 wins. And the other thing that I think is of note, too, uh, that it's one thing if a champion is fighting like twice a year. But what the heck? I mean, Steve, Steve Rolls fought twice in 2016, fought twice in 2017, and twice in 2018. Okay, I know that's somewhat active. And yes, you're up there at 33, 34, 35 years old, but that that's not very active for a guy that is not a champion to not be fighting at least three or maybe on an occasion four times in 12 months. So, And, and he hasn't fought now in over six months. He hasn't fought now in seven or eight months, going back uh, seven months, going back to last December. So let's see what it looks like on Saturday. We suspect, don't we, that Golovkin will deal with him and, and take him out quickly. Not, not unlike what we thought with Joshua that it, this will be quick, but we'll see Saturday night, right? This should be quick work, TJ, personally, and I'm looking forward to it only because you mentioned that he's been that less active. Apparently, apparently he's been following the same fight card as Gary Russell strategy-wise, but Gary Russell has a belt, so right. we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I, I'm really intrigued why Golovkin is fighting this guy as the first guy, but I'm, the assumption, TJ, and con- he, he, he downplayed as well in the media call because you know he not, he's not looking forward and looking ahead. We all know this at some point with the zone and Golovkin. This is all setting up for Canelo Alvarez, Golovkin three at some point or another. This is just probably just one way in a row. It's one block in the road. All right, and we'll see if that happens for this fall or or whatever the case is. A few more minutes. Marquise Johns here, BigFightWeekend.com, with me on the podcast. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we do have a lot of fun writing about historical pieces. Uh, and I, I've written about the Iran Barkley Thomas Hearns. 
Uh, you, like here again, you never know. You go back to that fight in 1988, uh, which the 31st anniversary was on Thursday of that knockout, where where Hearns uh, had been such a decorated world champion, had, had captured the WBC middleweight belt with a knockout in late tw- uh, uh, 1987. Now he's fighting in the summer of 88 against Iran Barkley in a fight that he's dominating for the three rounds. He cut Barkley over both eyes. Uh, he's dominating the fight, and suddenly, bammo, a big right hand, a dipping right hand on the chin from Barkley laid Thomas Hearns out, just like what happened in the Marvin Hagler fight three years earlier, except this was just one punch that laid him out. Great example again, Marquise, that one punch can come from anywhere and change it in boxing, and there was a, there was a great example of it. Absolutely, and I love that Hearns fight because Hearns was up in that one by far, and if you would have thought that was just going to be just another a simple Hearns beatdown, and then Barkley comes out of nowhere with that punch, and this is like, what? Yep. And that was it. What matter of matter of landing the one big shot, and I know uh, you've written uh, as the weekend starts to unfold the the final fight in the uh, in the epic Gotti Ward. Uh, battles uh, in the 2000s of those two just standing playing rock'em sock- so rock sock'em robots <laughs> over and over again. You wrote about that one as the anniversary of the final fight was on Friday. Uh, then on Saturday, depending on when you're listening to us on the podcast here in the preview mode, Saturday you've got Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson anniversary where Lewis and Tyson finally got in the ring in my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee, where Lennox Lewis laid him out at the Pyramid in Memphis. Really, really once and for all ended Mike Tyson as a world championship contender, if not champion, uh, with that knockout that night, uh, June the 8th of 2000. And then, Marquise, what a weekend this is for the historical standpoint, because the epic 15th round of Larry Holmes and Ken Norton is June the 9th, 1978, now 41 years ago with Larry Holmes and the late Ken Norton. And I I still take pride. We've talked about this before in the podcast. I showed you that 15th round and said, just take a look at these two brawling, arguably the greatest 15th round ever where no one got knocked down. They just stood and traded with the the title on the line. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy with that because when you showed me that fight, it was like, how are these guys taking this and not falling down in one way or another about halfway through this? TJ, at one point it became haymaker after haymaker. It looked like everything you see in every action movie where Schwarzenegger (laughs) comes out and throws this big right, and it's like, all right, he's going to hit this? Yeah, all right. But they just kept going at it. They were just still standing there taking it one by one. It was awesome. So that, that fight again was 41 years ago, and it started Larry Holmes' reign. Which uh, which lasted a good six or seven years as heavyweight champ uh, when he beat Ken Norton there on the fifteen round decision uh, by winning the fifteenth round, winning that epic round helped ice the fight and ice the decision for him. So, yes, great historical weekend. All right, what else? I know you're 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 purveying all of it, you're surveying all of it. What else do we have for this weekend besides the DeZone show at Madison Square Garden with Golovkin headlining as the main event? What else is out there for this weekend? Uh, this weekend, TJ, if those who don't have the zone or don't feel like watching Golovkin fight a Canadian, uh, on ESPN Plus, they have the uh, the start of the Sanchez Valdez card coming from the Reno Sparks Community Center out in Reno, which is Vegas Light for all you fight fans. <laughs> uh, the, the main event of that fight, of course, is uh, Oscar Valdez taking on Jason Sanchez for his belt, the, uh, his February belt. 
And in regards to that fight, that I do want to know about it is it's a stepping stone for Sanchez in regards to competition. But for Valdez, this is one of those fights where if he, if he gets past this one, he can either stay at 126 and fight either Carl Frampton or Josh Warrington, who have recently signed the top rank, or he can join the 130-pound sweepstakes and, and fight the uh, Miguel Berlachet or the, at this point, the never-ending, all-you-can-eat all buffet grocery list of Jamel Herring for his belt that he just won against the Oh, that's right. So Herring also in the division one up at 130. This fight at 126. And it's Valdez is what? Sixth title defense. Oscar yes. Valdez, unbeaten Mexican uh, champ. And Jason Sanchez, an unbeaten American, has not been in with great competition. We'll see if he has a chance at the upset. But you, the, the co-main event, the co-feature is the one that you want, I know, to talk a little more about and alert the fans about for this weekend. Going to be honest with you, Teaser, this is the fight I actually want to look at out of this whole card this weekend. It is the one with Gabriel Flores Jr. taking on uh, Salvador Bersinio uh, in the co-main event, the kid going up the I-80 from Stockton to Reno. Flores was just in action a few month, few weeks ago on the Better Beef I was going to well, say, didn't he fight? I mean, speaking of not being active, Flores fought like 15 minutes ago. Didn't he? Literally. Yeah. Literally before the pizza came, TJ, he was still in the, in the ring in Stockton against uh, Eduardo Ruiz on the highlight reel knockout that he had in his hometown of uh, in st- on the Better Beef card, which is funny because if you look at that card again, if anyone, if it's still on the plus actually on, on the app, the the card when his fight's on is a main event. It's a sold out show of pretty much all cheering for uh, Flores. Once the actual main event of Better Beef comes on, you could you could probably count the custodians walking around in the back. Well, yeah, the, the arena right evacuated after Flores scored his knockout. It, it, so, it became a fire drill. So he almost needs to be the headliner if they do that again in Stockton. But he's the co-main event. That's a scheduled eight-round fight. This is a 19-year-old, big puncher, fighting in the 135-pound division. So uh, we'll see what Gabriel Flores has in store. And again, the early fights are on ESPN+. And then the main event, the co-main and the main event, will be on uh, ESPN from Reno on Saturday evening. Did we pretty well cover all of it, senor, for this weekend? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this fight uh, with Flores, more importantly, because with Bersinio, uh, he may have been known for some folks who haven't seen him in a while. He was the one who got knocked up by Antonio Moran in the second round back in 2017. The same Antonio Moran who got uh, knocked out in epic fashion recently on the Devin Haney card on The Zone a couple of weeks back. All right. So connect the dots at 135 and look out for Flores as an up-and-comer on the ESPN show. Look out for Golovkin. Will he score the big knockout and then call out Canelo for a third fight? There are many, including me, that look at both of those decisions, one a draw and one a split decision loss, and say Golovkin won both of those fights. Absolutely. He's going to have to fight him a third time. Uh, and we'll see if that fight gets made very quickly, especially if Golovkin makes quick work of Steve Rolls. Marquise Johns will be reading all weekend previews, recaps, find it all, promote away on where we read you, where we find you on social media. Go ahead. As always, TJ, find me at Week Sauce Radio, all one word, best Twitter handle in the business, pound for pound. I challenge anybody on that. Also, the webpage for always all the news articles of boxing news, history, past, present, future, bigfightweekend.com. Also, the Twitter handle, Big Fight Weekend. We'll be following the fights this weekend. Hopefully, Golovkin will make quick work so we can go to bed. And I'll be keeping an eye out for uh, Valdez to see uh, post-fight. If he gets past Sanchez, if he stays down or moves up, he more than likely will announce that after the fight, depending on who's in the, who's in the audience with the people. Well, exactly. He's got to call somebody out there at 126 or decide to move up. One of the two. Marquise, great job. Thank you for hanging out with me. I look forward to the fights. Look forward to reading more on BigFightWeekend.com, sir. Absolutely, TJ. Thanks a lot.
There we go. That'll do it for another edition of the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Golovkin rolls coming Saturday night, 7 p.m. on DAZN. Again, their $99 annual pass for DAZN still in effect. They are like the Netflix of boxing and uh, and fight cards. Over 100 fight cards a year on Netflix. They are busy, including the ones in Europe, MMA, etc. with DAZN. Go sign up at DAZN. And again, Brian Kenny, Sergio Mora, Chris Mannix will be on the call of the Golovkin fight. I look for him to make quick work of Steve Rolls, but like Sergio Mora said, Golovkin aging. There, there comes a point in time with father time. Maybe it starts to catch up with him here. Maybe not. We'll find out. And as Marquise Johns was saying to us, that top-ranked card, maybe as much intrigue for the co-main event uh, and Flores uh, and, and whether or not the 19-year-old from California can be spectacular again, that on ESPN on Saturday evening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights. Again, however you found this show, subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcast, our friends at Red Circle helping us out as well. It is the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. You can go find out more at bigfightweekend.com, but subscribe away and the podcast comes automatically to you. I'm TJ Reeves. We've had a blast previewing Gennady Golovkin and Steve Rolls this weekend and talking all the boxing for this week and this weekend. It is Big Fight Weekend.